Hello and welcome to episode number 17 of the Emerald Conversations. I'm Jer Sweeney and this series comprises a number of interviews that I have conducted for my website, emeraldconnection.net, and some earlier works. The conversations are with people who are involved with music, the arts, entertainment, community, business, and in some cases, politics. All of this in Ireland or within Irish communities across the world. Along with their release on the Emerald Connection, I have used some of them as part of a weekly Irish radio programme that I present on an English-speaking radio station in Spain called Talk Radio Europe. This episode features a conversation between Sonny Condell, one of the original members of Scullion, and PJ Curtis. It's the fourth in a series of five conversations between PJ and some of the artists that he has produced albums for down through the years. I'm stuck in there as well, asking some questions about how these iconic albums and records were produced. In this episode, we talk about Scullion's self-titled album from 1979. Sonny, it's good to talk to you and thank you very much for joining myself and PJ. And PJ, welcome back to the studio today as well. The producer of the Scullion album. Who was in Scullion with you at the time, uh, Sonny? Greg Boland, Philip King and Jimmy O'Brien Moran and myself. Right. So... Heady times. Yes. I, I read recently, 1975, I think the band was put together. So you were four years on the road at that stage. So you did all kind of yeah. sorted out, didn't you? Um, <laughs> it, was, it was an ongoing, changing, rolling thing, I guess. Um, and I, it's so long ago that it, it, I kind of, I don't know how clear my picture of it is, but mm. we... We we I think we started off as a kind of we called ourselves the Sunday Night Band, and we we played in places like Toners in Bagot Street, and um, Freddie White was in the band, and uh, Mick Daly, uh, uh, a, a bass player called Eamon Doyle, Philip, myself, uh, and Dan Fitzgerald on the drums, and we played a good bit in that format. And then I think after that, if I get the chronological order right, um, we honed it down to being Greg, Jimmy, Philip and myself. And we became more acoustic minded rather than rock and roll kind of. Yeah, I was going to ask you, around that time, 79, when this album was done, were you the same band as you had been? I know you went through the different people that were there and, the, mm. you know, but were your intentions still the same as they were in 75 or was it a different time? It was a different time, I think. Um, I don't know. Maybe you remember clearer than I do, PJ, but it was... Um, I think, like, we became more interested in traditional music. N- not that, not that I ever was a traditional player, um, but it, there was an influence of traditional music. And meeting with Jimmy and the Pipes and and that sort of thing, um, and Peter Brown also was was around at that time as well. Well, the first time that I um, heard of you, Sonny. Uh, yeah. And I'm winding back now. I was still in England and I was a big uh, listener to the John Peel show. And uh, a group came out called Tiernanog. Mm-hmm. And my ears picked up right away. I, I don't even think he pronounced it properly. But anyway, and yeah. <clears throat> it was you and Leo. And I said, these are yeah. Irish guys, you know. And you were, I think you'd made your first, maybe, or your second album. How many albums did you make at the time? Uh, three. 
Three albums for Tiernan Rogue. Three, yeah. So this would be like maybe 70, 71. Would that be about right? Am I, that's, that's uh, correct. That's correct. Yeah. That was and the so first that's album. the first time I heard you. And you were perceived in England at the time as a folk rock duo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. With leanings towards folk rather than... Which is, of course, you know, um, a major thing at the time. You know, you had John Martin and people like that that were that were coming yeah. on big <clears throat> in that time. So there was a, a space there for what you were doing, and you were right. you were extremely well. Um, uh, you know, you had fan, you had you had a fan base and a mm. following, and I think you, yeah. you you were doing extremely well. Were you not? Yeah, we yeah we were very lucky. We we signed up with uh, Chrysalis Records. And we did three albums with them, and uh, I think oh, we we were working there in England, based in England for four years, uh, living in London, and uh, we did three albums. And I think by the time the third album came out, the, the record company kind of lost interest in us somewhat, and um, we we kind of went our separate ways for a while. Uh, we joined up later on again many years later but that was that was the end of that sequence and then i came back to to our live in ireland and met with philip in dunleary and that he um introduced me to a lot of music that i'd never really heard before mostly blues and folk and and, and i suppose uh, pop music as well so because Philip would have come in t- to the group with that whole background of traditional and uh, yeah uh, yeah. And when did you make contact with with the other musicians? The, you know the the earlier bands you just mentioned. How did all that um, come about? That was I, I, living in Dunleary. Um, uh, I was living there in a flat with my sister, and I I, I think Philip was the first real contact I made, um, and. He was would have been in contact with Freddie White and Dan Fitzgerald and Mick Daly. There was a Cork contingent um, living, I think, in Dunleary or, or in Dublin anyway. And I got somehow involved with them. And that was great, great fun we had all together with them. And then it kind of, um, it was a volatile group of young lads, you know, <laughs> and it, it gradually honed its way down to being, well, I've been also involved with the Boland brothers, uh, Andrew Boland and Greg Boland. Um, Andrew uh, was a guitarist, but also an engineer, and he set up his own studio, Keystone Studios, where we would have done a bit of recording. And so, but he, the Boland brothers brought in the kind of jazz world into my experience or, or was my first kind of uh, they would have played an awful lot of jazz records and things like that so that's where that kind of influence came in how did pj and scullion end up from your perspective sonny how did you end up um allowing pj to produce the album what was the the process well, i think it was um our our chats with Mulligan, okay. with Mulligan Records. Yes, <clears throat> you you had you had you had your first album out with Mulligan, didn't you? Camouflage. It's, that's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I've forgotten all about that. Yeah, Camouflage. Yeah. And I so, had um, come off the road with the Bathy Band at the time, so I was in yeah. Mulligan and had started to, to produce within the Mulligan framework. 
and a, a good few Mulligan albums at that stage. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's that's how. And I had seen you perform around town. I, I don't think I'd physically met you at that right. at that time in the late seventies. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But I'd seen you with the band you've just you've just mentioned when you weren't the the scullion that ended up on the album that we made together. Yes, um, the Sunday night band, I think we were called. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I think the first time that I actually met uh, met you was yeah. probably in your flat in yeah. um, in, in Dunleary with with, right. with with Greg yeah. and Philip. Yeah, yeah. And I think that uh, I when we start to talk about the album and talk about the making of it, um, I had heard this amazing young piper uh, called Jimmy O'Brien Morn. And yeah. I think I, I, I said that maybe he should be tested or checked out yeah. as a possible member, if not yeah. of the band, but uh, certainly to be involved in some of the recordings that we were sure. just about to yeah. do because we had started yeah. to rehearse at that time. Yes, I, I remember all this. That's coming clearer to me now. <laughs> it's all coming back. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, I enjoyed meeting with Jimmy. He was great, great guy. Still is a great guy. So what what was the what was the process then that you went through from you know let's let's do the album um, uh, from from Scullion's perspective, Sonny, uh, did you know what you wanted on the album? Did you know the sound you wanted? Did you have to convince PJ as to what you wanted, or was there you know PJ thought well we could do maybe this that and the other? How how did it work? Um, the overall feeling I I have now was it was we would rehearse the songs and bring them to PJ and PJ would suggest various things, various different ways of going about doing them. Um, it's all hazy to me now, Jared. Right. PJ, but I, well, that's basically, I, yeah, that's basically. I, I, I felt there was, there was kind of a, it was a good feeling of working together and in an enjoy, very enjoyable sessions we had mm. and rehearsals and that. And, Interesting ideas that you brought PJ to the and to the arrangements. If, if I recall too, and my own memory isn't exactly so good, but uh, that a good while we had rehearsed everything before we went into the studio, and Jimmy had to take time to settle into the band with his sound, yeah, because he had come from a strictly um, traditional background. But, yeah. but I think he had a liking for jazz as well, so he was much taken with the idea of joining the band. But he had to settle in with the sound of the group because you had yes. all these disparate sounds. Your, you know, your your contemporary songs, uh, Greg's uh, jazz rock background, Philip's traditional yeah. uh, take on things. But he did settle in. I can remember those early rehearsals. But we did do a lot of um, uh, uh, exploration too in the studio. I remember that. Like there was a lot of um, moving forward yeah. in the studio, so it wasn't just going into the studio and laying everything down and isn't that wonderful no. and that's the take. There was a lot of work, not yeah. a lot of work, but there was a lot of productive, creative work in the studio. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a beautiful studio it was, you know, Windmill Lane. I think, Windmill. I, yeah, I think we were, the, were we not the first uh, to do an album in Windmill Lane? I do believe that we we were, actually. Right, yeah, yeah. very, really. very new. No, the very the very first, because the album are the studio had just been set up. Yeah, right. I'd forgotten all that. Yeah. But um, now anyway, that's a, that's a, that's a different story. But yeah, didn't didn't did do well as a studio afterwards. But however, didn't adjust. Um, yeah. 
And the track, the track listing itself, um, Sonny, was there a particular sequence to that or was that something that PJ decided or did you decide we'll start here and we'll go here? Can you recall? Um, can't remember, Joe. I, uh, I don't know. PJ. Um, well, uh, I, I, I can't. I, I think what you're looking at in the album was probably when a lot of the tracks were put down. I can't remember which track would have been done, yeah. first of all. Uh, but it, it may very well have been The Cat, The Cat You Went to Yeah, um, yeah. And that may very well have been the first one. And as it happens, it's the lead track on the album. Yes. And uh, I can remember very well uh, doing that, starting off on yeah. a 3-4 bass and then going into a 6-8 rhythm and the song yeah. taking off in there with... Jimmy contributing lovely stuff. I think it's yeah, beautiful. Yeah, and it it, it it seemed it seemed to encompass all all of our talents um, very well. Like the the instrumentation seems to be it was it was grateful for for the musicians we had. You know, I, I thought yes. When you're looking I, at all the the the, the different uh, disparate pieces, it just exactly. all gel together. And it's like knitting a sweater, yeah. you know, okay. that all the colours are working and everything yeah, yeah. Is, is, yeah. is working on this track. Because and there was a lovely, lovely space for the pipes. Lovely to, space to, for the pipes. And that was, even though, you know, Jimmy was um, had settled in, but there was always that doubt in my mind, you know, is he really going to be able to sort of uh, uh, get on top of this? Particularly yeah. with your, with your, you know, with your, with your history of the, and your, the types of songs you were writing. But he did. He did. He, yeah. he, he yeah. sounded like he'd been with you for forever. Yeah, it was, it was great. And and Greg's wonderful guitar playing, uh, he, lovely lines and arrangements uh, in his in his playing. Uh, yes, it should be uh, stated again, like just what a, a virtuoso Greg was. And yeah. I mean, he soon passed away. But and I don't think that, do you think that he ever got the credit for uh, being the great musician he was? I don't think so, BJ. I don't think I, so either. I, I, I really feel that um, he didn't, he deserves much more. He was a got. true virtuoso and so many men, he, he could stand up with a rock group and, yeah. and pull his weight. He could sit in with a jazz trio and pull his yeah. weight. And now here he was with you in a folk uh, mm. acoustic setting yeah. and he was equally yeah. equally uh, uh, creative and productive always always you know, great um, in, in working out arrangements and little exactly exactly for us to play exactly and I was a bit intimidated by that but even to suggest things to be able to yeah. suggest things to both to you too because like as far as I was concerned you know I had your your history uh, to me coming from your Tiernan Oak days I was slightly yeah. intimidated by the fact that I was working <laughs> with with artists of a, a very high calibre and particularly to make a suggestion uh, yeah. uh, and a, 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 again the suggestion for Greg I was going to say is he going to run with this one but he did he was yeah. very open you know yeah. He, yeah, he didn't, yeah. He didn't I think, I think there was a lot of there was a lot of respect from our point of view to for what you were doing and what you what you brought to the table, and I th I think that it was a, a mutually a, a very good relationship. Well, that's um, a, that's the essence of any good recording. I think is the relationship you yeah. have with your a the musicians around you and b yeah. the people you're working with, be they engineers or producers or whoever. That is yeah. the, the, the 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 key, really. The key yeah. to, to so we did we it was a creative time. I remember that and I loved every moment of it because 
There was so much yeah. creation going on. I remember uh, not just the, the, the cat, but the fruit smelling shop. Um, you know, John the Baptist, I'm stretching your grave. I can remember uh, that was a poem that Philip had found. Wasn't that, that right? It was an old that's poem. Correct. That's, that's that correct. That's correct. He yeah. had put to music. And I wanted to get the sense of, um, if I may say so, the, the darkness of the poem. Yeah. I mean, I'm stretching yeah, yeah. your grave isn't exactly something no. that rolls off your, no. your tongue. It's not and, exactly, yeah. Uh, and I can remember making, trying to create a sound that was yeah. like the creaking of a graveyard gate that came from my own local graveyard at home. Yeah. And actually right. putting that onto the soundscape, if you like, of the recording. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. To get that um, essence of tension and, and, and right, you, yeah, because you, I was going to ask you. You mentioned that there were some uh, production. Um, in some ways, you were very much being very creative with it. I was going to ask you for some examples. So the well, the, the yeah, gate in your the, cemetery, local cemetery. Yeah, no, I don't know whether you can hear it or not on the on on the modern mix of that uh, or the mix of it. But uh, we did it anyway, and uh, uh, and also you, I I remember you PJ doing something with the, the grand piano in the cat, I think was getting us to to play the the strings with the with the loud pedal pressed oh, down. Oh, yes, yes. Well, that was, and yeah. To, I, to, I, I forget exactly how we did it, but it was maybe with a plectrum on, on the strings, the double strings of the piano. Yes. You see, in those days, uh, Jerry, you didn't have all the gizmos that that's you right. have at your fingertips yeah. where you can get any sound any of anything anywhere anytime but in those days you had to create a lot of your own sounds uh, yeah. they weren't there you know uh, on on uh, on the app that you could uh, dip into so uh, yeah we had to we had to stretch the the fabric occasionally <laughs> it's crazy yeah the fruit smelling shop is that one that's played around the time of bloomsday is that the one that's associated with yeah. that yeah yeah that's right um we 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 did a new version of it um uh, which I, I'd love to send you, send you both, if I may. I'd love to hear um, it. I'd lovely, love yeah. To hear it. We did it with the crash ensemble, um, playing, so there was stri the strings on it, um, but it's 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 very much the same song, apart from that we have some atmospherics, uh, and we did a little film. It was for the James Joyce Society. They asked asked us to do it, so we did it, and and it's part of our new album that we. We've just finished, but it's at mixing stage at the moment. Oh, uh, but wonderful. we did. T tell we us did again, this new version. Tell us again how you, what influenced you to write that? I mean, where did you, how did you latch on to that particular piece in the in Ulysses? I I was just had I had a, I had a, a, an upright piano in my room here, and um, I was playing chords, and I had the book open at this certain page, and I just started. I found this kind of melody and I just started reading the, the paragraph and I managed to sort of, after about not long, about 10 minutes, get it all to fit to the chords. And then I found a chorus in um, Blaze's Ball and at the counter road and pushed the dock out over to her and it made a chorus. So it, was, it happened very quickly. One of those yeah. amazing things that happens very fast. Um, and and then we got permission from the James Joyce Society to to use the lyric okay. uh, on, in the song. So, so that's, that's how it came about. It was 
That's it was, ideal. It was good. And, and 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 finally, after all the years, that they're now playing it on Bloomsday. I heard it on Bloomsday this year. Yeah, uh, on radio. yeah. They yeah. took they took a long time to uh, to catch on. You it, sent it that. Yes, I, I was. Yeah. Yeah. I was always hoping that one Bloomsday they might you know, play it. Uh, so yeah, but it was great to be asked by the the society that to to do a new version. Yes. And it's great that it's on the new album, your new album as well. Is, yeah. And is there much new material or is it all the older stuff for um, rearranged or what way is it? There's a kind of a mixture of uh, cover songs. We do an old hymn and uh, Philip does an, uh, the internet, a song by the, the National, um, I Need My Girl, and, and an old blues fragment as he describes it. And then I have a couple of new songs as well. Great. So it's it's a mixture. Yeah. Are so you are you writing much at the moment? Um, struggling away at it. Uh, really? Writing a lot of nonsense. I'm just looking at some of the new stuff I've I've written over the last month or two, and I, I don't like any of it. So really, it's it's back to the drawing board. But I, yeah, I am I'm I'm actually trying, which is. An ongoing exercise. What what elements need to align, or planets need to align, for it to make it happen for you, or does it just come? It just comes, or it doesn't. You right. know, there's no secret formula or anything. Um, I, I, I just have to sit down and work long and hard and repeatedly at, at tunes and see whether they can meld into something or not. You know. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, I had been working with a poet, uh, still is an ongoing thing, Paddy, Paddy Kyo. And that, that was an interesting thing. We did an album together and and that is an ongoing thing. And he sends me the odd poem and I uh, see if there's anything comes to mm-hmm. comes to life from that. So it's... What about live work now, uh, Sonny? Are you, are you out there? Yeah, we are. Obviously, over the last year and a half, I suppose there's been nothing really. We did two streaming gigs, um, which were fun to do. Uh, apart from that, there's been nothing. Um, we have a gig coming up in August, uh, a couple of gigs, August and September. Um, hopefully, they will be allowed to go ahead. And I think one of them is outdoors, at least. Uh, so hopefully, we're getting back into it. Any Scullion reunions, even though the Scullion is really just the two of you now? Or, well, Jimmy is still there and so is Philip, but will there be any? No, no since Greg Greg left after a while, and well, we, saw, we all kind of split up, really, And but we're back together with Philip and Robbie Overson, our newer guitarist. He's been with yeah, us for really, about yeah. over 20 years, I yeah. suppose. <laughs> Uh, and so it's the three of us and uh, I, I haven't actually seen Jimmy for a long time um, although I met his sister's best friend just the other night in in Galway uh, so we were just chatting about him he's um, well he's, he's probably down at the Willie Clancy week uh, or was I'm down sure all is. last week in Milton Malbay yeah right that's be him all right I think he's a, a doctor. Um, he's an incredible man, he is. A, an artist, a musician, 
a very humorous, wonderful gentleman. He is. He <laughs> and is. clever, clever man. Highly talented because after he, after the, with the pipes, he's also a jazz saxophonist. You know, he, yeah, he plays, exactly. he plays jazz, jazz yeah. for, for uh, a long while in his local little, yeah. little combo down in Waterford. So, yes, talented man. Yeah, have, really. Have you any favourite track from the album, Sonny? Um, I think The Cat She Went to Hunting. Yeah. Is, would I'd, be go, my I'd go along with that, too. Yeah. And I was trying to remember Living Blind and Cold River, but I, for the life of me, I can't remember them. <laughs> and I don't have a record player out here at the moment. So really? I can't refresh myself, which is... So two of my own songs that I can't remember really. Will we take a listen oh, to I, the cat? I think we should take a listen to the cat. It's 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 the Let's track, do it. track on the album. Let's do it. She went to hunting and found 
the barn a blazing, and back she's come a calling, a calling, a calling. Wake up, farm boys, the barn is burning down. That was the cat she went to hunting from the album uh, Scullion. And we're talking with PJ Curtis, who produced the album, and Sonny Condell, one of the four members of Scullion back in 1979, who were in Windmill Lane recording studios. And we've just learned that um, this album was actually the first one to be made. We think, we think it was the first one to be made. But but sure, look, we'll we'll, we'll take the credit. And if somebody wants to uh, uh, say, no, it wasn't, then that's fine. We'll go with that. Sonny, um, listening to it, does it bring back memories? Yeah, a, a lot of nice memories of, of that time. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I I remember being being very excited when we were rehearsing the cat because of I I love the the the, the sound of the pipes, especially mm-hmm. blending with the acoustic guitars. Um, it just I don't know. It made me really love the idea of folk music somehow. Okay. Um, and because I I've been involved to, to at the end of Chernobyl a bit more in the rock and roll world with recording with drums and bass and stuff like that and uh, but this was going back to an acoustic sound which could just fill a room and then you put mics in front of it and it fill a hall but it was right. very much an acoustic thing which I found very exciting again. Yeah. When I asked PJ what song maybe we would play or what we'd play from the album, um, you concurred immediately with Sonny. Uh, why was the cat so special for you? Well, for the same reason that the okay. Sonny just said this, this to hear the pipes work so well within the within the song, and this, uh, the the whole song gelled with all the individuals. Um, you know, everything was 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 just was just right. It was the sound that that I could hear. That represented this group called Scullion that had all these yeah. elements within the group that probably wouldn't have um, sat comfortably, you know, in other hands, but in the hands of the individuals here, it did. The sounds did fit comfortably. Mm. And it, Sonny, can I just which we did? Um, was it not the fruit smelling shop where we you had sacks and pipes? Yes, that's right. That's right. And exactly. I yeah. think I'm saying now. Maybe I'm wrong. That this was the first time. <laughs> Yeah. That saxophone and pipes were together. Yeah. together. It because it was yeah. pre-moving hearts, and yeah. even though it was only for a short outro, um, yeah. it did actually represent a key moment in in music, and it sp- speaks about something that was happening at the time. There was you know rock and traditional music was coming together, uncomfortably at first, but it did come together, and yeah. Um, yeah. and then all the things that came out of that, like moving hearts, yes. etc. Yeah. So yeah. yes. Uh, Sonny, you were playing the sax and Peter Brown right. played the pipes on that particular. Yeah. Uh, so maybe, you know, can we play that before we can. the end of the, the interview? We absolutely um, can. Yeah, So, yes. I think it, you're absolutely right. I think it was the first time it, that was done. It was just one of those lovely uh, inventions we came up with. I don't know. Uh, I, it, I was, it was quite a natural thing. There was no kind of feeling, oh, let's put 
these two instruments together you know it was just a sort of a natural development in the, in the studio the song had yeah. been done and we needed an outro and yeah. you picked up the saxophone and you began to yeah. just play a riff and i got peter brown to sit in with you and um Peter yeah. was there at the time. Now, I, d I don't know why we got Peter rather than Jimmy. Maybe Jimmy was not available at that particular session. I can't remember yeah, I can't. that. But, yeah, um, it, was, it was magical. So it was a moment, yes. Yeah. And Risa Connolly is beautiful singing on the, the Fruit Smelling Shop as well. Oh, yes, indeed. Yes. She had a lovely voice. So that was another lovely sound in that song. Sonny, how many instruments do you play? Um... Just, well, guitar, a little bit of keyboards, flute, uh, percussion. That's about it, really. You know, it's just uh, when, yeah. when you said that you were playing the saxophone and then I see the guitars behind you, and I'm thinking, how many instruments does he play? The yeah, album... I, I, had two, two, I had two lovely saxophones. Had you? And they were, they were stolen. Ah, here. I, I, never, I never got back into that world. I, ah. Keep thinking I'd like to again. The album was at a time, it came at a time, 1979, when music lovers waited with bated breath for new albums from groups and from artists. Yeah. And you generally found that albums would be listened to and other artists and other producers maybe would learn something and would move their music or their um, particular sound along with it. Was Scullion one of these albums? Was it an album that people listened to and thought, hmm, we should try that? Because you mentioned there about the saxophone and about uh, the various things that you were doing and you said, and, and then of course, Moving Hearts came out of that. So was yeah. the album something like that? Was it? What, did it move things forward? Well, I, I, I'd like to think it did. Um mm. Certainly, in the in the in that uh, world of of acoustic uh, traditional sounds and the folk sounds that that all came together in Scullion, uh, I mean, it'd be difficult to say that it was the forerunner of of uh, say Moving Hearts or anything oh, yeah. that came later. But yes, it it, it had its place mm. uh, within the the um, the field, if you like, at the time, because music was you know was developing, it was spreading out, and. Yeah. Um, uh, Scullion became well known and I think you did have a following and this album took on a yeah. following and it, yeah. it brought you to a new audience I think Yeah you know? and, and I think it got quite a lot of airplay uh, a lot of the tracks got, got played It did um, which was great for us and for getting gigs and getting around getting out getting out there and it was definitely an album that really helped helped us getting get going but and, I think it probably did influence people. Yes, but and again, you know, we spoke before, uh, Ger and I about you know, do, do we, do you set out to make a hit? No, there was no such idea of let's see no. which of these songs is going to be a hit song. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, because I was aware too of going into the studio that you had a song um, down the city that is still an all-time classic, you know, and that we we weren't going to, uh, I think, ever top that. I knew that going in. To working with you on on this album, yeah, um, yeah. Um, but I think the the catch you went to hunting every time it co it comes on, people you know respond mm. to it. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's cast. <laughs> so, did it do did it do anything for ye personally, Sonny? Or maybe you can talk about you, or maybe you discussed it among yourselves. Did it bring you on to the next step? Did it did it influence you in other ways? Having done this album. Um. 
hard question to answer, really, Ger. Um, I think just life life goes on, you know, and the next album we did was Balance and Control. Okay. And um, that was a quite a different world, really. It was synthesizers and, you know, um, but in a way I've always written songs the same way, really. So as a matter of sitting down with a guitar, mostly guitar, something very odd, time the piano, and ideas come from that, and it really depends who's around and what's around to make a sound. Right. To, that, that you know, so I couldn't say that the, the Scullion album was a um, stepping stone necessarily. Okay. I mean, they're all stepping stones. It's, uh, Okay. And when you listen to them now, when, when you listen back, or do you listen back to the music? Um, what are we, 42 years on from that album? Do you listen back to the music? Uh, not really. No. Not really. Um, as I say, I don't have a record player. <laughs> it's ironic. Um, this is my, my dad's copy. He has his, his own filing system. I see his number uh, on the okay. corner of the album. Right. But I I feel kind of bad about not doing that but i'm i'm really involved in what i'm doing now all the time okay to a greater extent really then i don't seem to have the time although i've got loads of time <laughs> to go back hmm. pj should do well it still sounds very good i mean i i'm still probably the only person in the county that has a record player. no there's one behind you <laughs> <laughs> and it sounds very good because i think the a the quality of the studio that we worked in and the quality of the engineer, Philip Begley. Um, yeah. You know, so the quality of the acoustic instruments, that everything just sounds so good and so, right. so yeah. fine. And I am right. a fan of vinyl anyway. Uh, uh, Are you? You like the scratchy well, sound? Yeah, I like the scratchy sound. No, but, uh, yeah. but um, yes, it still sounds good. Good. It sounds good. Yeah. Right. Great engineering and great equipment. So it was... Yeah, very well done. Is there is there anything, um, Sonny, about the album or the making of it and the putting together of it and indeed the production with PJ of it that we haven't mentioned that you'd like to mention? The coffee maker never worked <laughs> properly. <laughs> the only thing it's not. Studio. That's what you find about studios, that the, the equipment works, but the, the backup maker. sometimes isn't exactly, you know, the, the, the kitchen is never <laughs> properly equipped. So there you go. All right, yeah. PJ. Is there anything that strikes you about it? Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I was very proud to, to be able to work with with Sonny uh, and 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 Greg and Philip and and the, the the idea of getting Jimmy into the the the, the mix as well yeah. was was wonderful. So, and I know it it it's, it speaks of a particular period and time. And as he said, they the next album they made, they had moved up a step and sideways a step. And yeah. uh, they made some wonderful music after that. And I think this in its time and its place, you know, um, I'm, I'm proud of this album. Good. All right. Did we say we're going to play the Fruit Smelling Shop? Is that the one you want me to play? That's the one. All right. Yeah. Sonny, we'll finish on that. Um, it's lovely to be talking to two legends at the one time, isn't it, PJ? <laughs> <laughs> Sonny Condell, <clears throat> excuse me, from Scullion. Thank you very much indeed for taking time to talk to us about the making of the album. A Scullion. great pleasure uh, and so nice to talk to you. Absolutely. Uh, and just to, to speak to you, you again. Too, Sonny, because PJ. we haven't actually, you know, our paths haven't crossed like the way life goes. 
uh, yeah. you were going a direction and I had gone off in 10 different directions and we actually yeah. haven't spoken or seen each other in a long time. So it's very good yeah, to see yeah. you. You're still on the right side of the of the fence anyway. So <laughs> yeah. it's good. So am I. We are now. And you're looking great yourself. Thank you so much, gentlemen. Thanks, lads. And um, let's play the song. That's Scullion with The Fruit Smelling Shop from the Scullion album from 1979, which was produced by PJ Curtis. Thanks to Sonny Condell, one of the original lineup of the band Scullion, and to PJ for taking time to talk to me. Also, thank you for listening. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe for more episodes as they are released, and please feel free to share. I'd appreciate it. Until next time, from me, Jerry Sweeney, bye bye.